Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we bring you an in-depth conversation with a creative Mississippian. I'm your host, Lauren Rhodes, at the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm talking with vocalist Holly Brand from Meridian, Mississippi, who has just wowed audiences across the country with her appearance on NBC's The Voice. Holly opened for country artist Blake Shelton after winning a local competition at the age of 10. She started singing in public at church and then began participating in beauty pageants, which led her to being crowned Miss Mississippi 2021. During her time as Miss Mississippi, she traveled the state amassing 32,000 miles doing speaking engagements and singing for various organizations. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on your success on The Voice. Hey, thank you. And I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Of course. And, you know, I really want to get into your experience on The Voice, of course. Um, But I'd like to start with with your roots. You're from Meridian, Mississippi. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in Meridian? Yeah, growing up in Meridian, I think, was the perfect place uh, for me to grow up. My dad is from here. And so that was really cool to be raised in the same place that that he was born and raised in. But I sang a lot around Meridian growing up. And Meridian is so uh, deep in musical heritage. There are so many successful artists that have come out of Meridian. Jimmy Rogers is from Meridian. And so a lot of musical roots here, but I used to sing at every event that I that there was in Meridian that they would have me. And I was always so supported and everyone was so kind. So the community here is just absolutely incredible, very uplifting and encouraging. And also just the musical heritage here is amazing and was really cool to be a part of as an aspiring musician. So when you were a kid, what kind of music did you listen to? Were you a country fan starting from a young age? Oh, yeah. I loved country music from the get-go. Some of my favorites were Faith Hill, of course, and Carrie Underwood, Leanne Rimes, Martina McBride, um, Reba. Those are really like the women in country music that I I looked up to. But I also grew up doing church music. I'm not a stranger to Southern gospel. I love leading worship. I really want to do country and Christian music. But I like to say that I don't want to limit myself to just one area of influence. So I love all music. My playlist Mm -hmm is filled with everything that you could possibly think of from Kelly Clarkson to Paramore to Ariana Grande. I just like to take it all in. I just appreciate music for what it is and love to listen to all of it. So was your family, is any anyone in your family musical? Like, did you start singing because you were inspired by a certain family member or um, is that just something you felt inspired to do on your own? Well, my parents say that I could sing before I could talk. Not <laughs> of course. So I think me being a singer was just destined from when I came out of the womb. Um, but my dad is very musically talented. He is has a beautiful voice, has an amazing ear, can play pretty much any instrument you put in his hand. And my whole dad's side of the family, everyone can play at least one musical instrument. So even if I wasn't didn't love singing, just being musically inclined, I think was 
just written in the stars for me, I guess, just with my family and my dad. Um, but luckily, I love to sing and all of our family reunions include like little impromptu concerts. So that's really cool. We just always get together, play music and sing and have a good time. So is is your dad's family, you said, is, is from Meridian. What about your mom's family? Is she from Mississippi as well? My mom and her family, they're actually from Alabama. And my mom, I like to joke to say she's the clapper of the family. <laughs> That's not on rhythm. Um, no, but she took piano growing up. So she she can play a musical instrument too. But yeah, she's usually, she's usually the one in the audience, you know, filming or clapping like that. That's kind of her role, the encourager of the group. <laughs> well, we need the musicians and also the music appreciators. So that is a very, very important role too. Um when did you start singing in your church? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Oh, sure. I... No. When did you start singing in your church? Oh, yeah. Um. So my parents say that the first time that I sang in church, I was about two. I don't remember that, of course, but I take their word for it. But I think my dad was having one of those kind of like open mic things at church because he was a minister of music bivocationally when I was younger. And my mom says that I just got up and walked down the aisle, sat in his lap and sang, Jesus loves me. Um, oh but my gosh. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I don't even know why <laughs> told me to do that at two years old. But yeah, growing up and singing in church um, is super special to me. And I still love, I still lead worship at my church now. Um, and it's something that I want to continue with throughout my career. And I, I should say, I, we're, we're zooming in today. Um, I wasn't sure where you'd be calling in from, but it sounds like you're, you are in Meridian now. Yeah, I'm at home right now and I'm okay. every minute. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, what is it like being, being home uh, after, you know, I'm sure people saw your first, first episode. Is it, have, has it been strange, surreal kind of walking around your hometown and getting reactions from people, you know? It's definitely been very surreal. Um, I was at Walgreens the other day, literally buying candy. And I got my first, like, I guess, fan or somebody that recognized me. And it was so cool. Um, she walked up and talked to me. And she was like, I'm sorry, I'll let you buy your candy in peace. But I just wanted to say, hey. And I was like, no, like, I, I love being recognized in public and being able to communicate with people, even if you know, I don't, might not know who they are, like having them come up to me and talk to me is so fun. So I love doing that, but it has taken some getting used to because it's surreal to think that people feel that way about me of all people, but I'm, I'm loving every single second. It's so fun. That's so exciting. Um, well, I, I want to get to a point from your bio, which is that you got to open for Blake Shelton when you were just 10 years old. How did that come about? So there was a talent competition um, in Meridian and I entered. I was the kid that was doing talent competitions every weekend, not to win, but just to get exposure, like just to get experience singing on stage because that's what I wanted to do. I just love to sing. And so, of course, my parents took me and I sang and the grand prize for the winner was to open for Blake when he came to Meridian for a concert. And I somehow won and I was singing anyway by Martina McBride. And when he came to our hometown, I remember the day of the concert, I got to go to the venue and he was practicing and there was nobody else there, but me and my dad. And while Blake was practicing and he waved to me um, as he was practicing on stage and I waved back, but I got to meet him later that night. And 
don't know why, but didn't say anything to him because I was so <laughs> and intimidated. I didn't say a single word, but he was very nice to me. And we got a picture that I got to show him on The Voice during my audition. And, you know, that was the moment that I realized I wanted to be an artist. At that point, um, music for me had just been something that I enjoyed doing, that I loved to do. But being in that concert atmosphere was what changed the game for me and really became a career altering moment where I could make a career out of this. And I've been chasing it and viewing it like that ever since. What do you think was that was that shift? Was it seeing the people out in the audience just responding to the music? Was it seeing like Shelton perform live? Like what made that shift in your mind like that? Yeah, I definitely, I think it was a mix of both for me. I remember the audience, um, they got their lighters out and were going back and forth with their arms. And that was really cool. And then also just getting to see Blake in his element. That was the first time that I had been in a concert atmosphere. Um, I had, you know, seen performances on TV and stuff, but that was the first time that I had really seen it in person and experienced it for myself. And so I think it was definitely a mix of both the audience reaction and then just seeing what, what it looks like for an artist to do concerts and to do shows like that in person. And after that concert, did you basically, you know, talk with your parents and say, hey, this is what I want to do? And were they totally on board with that plan too? You know, I, I honestly don't remember if I had like a sit down conversation and told them that this is what I wanted to do. I think they probably knew it before I did, um, because even before then, they would take me everywhere to sing because that's just what I love to do. But they've been supportive from the beginning, even now on The Voice. They have been just the best cheerleaders that I could have ever asked for. And I know that I wouldn't be where I am without them and without that family support. So um, thanks, mom and dad. But they've been supportive from the beginning. I think that's so great because, you know, kids, you never know. A lot of kids don't know what they want to be for real when they when they grow up. And, you know, we have dreams, but um, to know at such an early age and to just pursue that wholeheartedly um, is such a, a wonderful thing to have. And that's great that your parents were so supportive. Um, after that, did you sing? What were some places that you started performing and, and singing? Was it in Mississippi, out of state? Um, what did you do next? So um, after that, I just continued to sing around the community um, at any event that, that there was held that I would that I would get asked to sing at. I was there. Um, I was still singing at church a lot, but I started going back and forth to Nashville a little bit after that and meeting with some people there and singing more. Um, and then I became involved with the Miss America organization just three years after I opened for Blake, really to to pursue music in a different light and another avenue also to get some scholarship money <laughs> for college and um, ended up going to the University of Alabama sang at my church there but really any opportunity that I had or anyone that asked me to sing for anything like I was there 100% and it led me to the voice stage so it all worked out like it was supposed to that's great um let's talk a little bit about your your Miss Mississippi and Miss America e experience um Getting into that, did you know what to expect? Was it what you expected it to be like do, competing in pageants? I It was not what I expected at all, but it was in a good way. I ended up falling in love with it. I think I did my first pageant when I was five, and it was like my school um, beauty review. And I remember bringing home the flyer to my mom and wanting to do it and her laughing and being like, no, 
we're not going to do that. We're not pageant people. And then she ended up watching me compete at Miss America. So I guess she ate her words on that one. But I always loved being on stage and performing. And so initially it was something that it was just another avenue for me to pursue music and to to get experience being on stage and being in front of people. But I ended up getting way more out of it than I thought that I would get. I did a lot of community service based pageant so I could get involved in my community more. I met some amazing friends and got some scholarship money and paid for my college. But it also helped me kind of figure out who I was. I was the kid that would sing at all the talent competitions and all the events and then not speak to anybody when I got off stage because I was just so shy. I probably had some social anxiety and just didn't know it, but I didn't have my voice like as Holly. I had it as an artist and as a singer, but not like just as Holly. And so the Miss America organization really helped me come out of my shell and figure out who I was and find my voice um, just as a speaker. And that's an important part of the music industry too, not just being able to sing, but being comfortable in front of people in all aspects. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for Miss America. So I was grateful to um, have had that experience and just to grow as a human being all around. And I imagine you must have met a lot of friends from around the state and even around the country doing it too. Oh yeah, I definitely have a lot of pageant friends in Mississippi, but I know somebody in every single state and the District of Columbia. And that's pretty cool. And I know my Miss America sisters and I still text every single day to this day. So I've made some some really special friends throughout um, my experience in the pageant industry. Hi, I'm Lauren Rhodes. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The Arts Hour is a co-production of the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB Think Radio. You can also listen to the show on Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You are listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Lauren Rhodes, and we are talking with Holly Brand today. She is a contestant on this season's The Voice. And before our break, we were talking um, about Holly's, your experience being in pageants. Um, Was your goal to be Miss Mississippi one day? Yeah, it was definitely a goal for me to, to be Miss Mississippi and to make it to Miss America. My mom and I used to watch Miss America every single year together, and I remember getting up I'm in my living room and modeling with the girls on TV during the evening gown portion and asking my mom if I looked like them and if I was standing right. So that was definitely a dream of mine, but it wasn't the ultimate dream. The ultimate dream was to make it in the music industry. So I really view the Miss America organization as like a stepping stone for me to get to my career and how it equipped me to get where I am today. But it was definitely a dream that started pretty early on. So when you you won in 2021. Um, what what was that? Was that just like a surprise? Did you feel that day like you had a, a premonition that it was coming? What was that experience like winning in 2021? 
It was truly surreal. I, I definitely blacked out when I won. I <laughs> remember taking my first like walk as Miss Mississippi. I, I don't really remember anything. I remember them calling the first runner up and then me hugging the outstanding teen winner at the time. And then after that, all of the girls coming up and hugging me. So I definitely blacked out. It's a blurry night because I really was shocked. I mean, I competed in 2019 for the first time as a Miss and I did not even make the top 15. So I was not expecting to walk back in there and win. Really, my goal was to make it to the top 10, maybe the top five. That would be cool. I figured that I would need a couple of more years of experience um, before I would ever be crowned Miss Mississippi, even if that was even going to happen. So it was definitely um, a shock for me, but I I worked really hard. I After my first year not um, making the top 15, I had to do a little evaluation moment and like, okay, if I want this, where are the areas that I need to improve? Where do I need to grow as a person and as a competitor to bring my best self to a judging panel and to serve the state of Mississippi? What do I need to do? And so I just really took those couple of years just to grow and to learn everything that I could figure out if I was crowned, what would be my number one goals in serving the state and really having a perspective of it's not about what um, the crown can do for me. It's about what I can do for the crown and for the organization. So I spent a lot of time just doing some some self-work and putting 110% into it and then leaving the results up to the Lord. Well, what I learned about um, Miss Mississippi is there's a really extensive responsibilities that come along with it. a lot of community service. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you did a lot of traveling. Talk to us a little bit about what that year looked like for you as Miss Mississippi, what you were doing throughout the state. It was definitely a lot of traveling. Um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding the Miss America organization where, because really what people see most of the time is that final night on television, you know, a girl in a pretty dress wearing high heels and at the end of the night somebody having a crown put on their head and then waving to the audience and I think that's what people just kind of assume most of the year is like they think that it's very glamorous and it's not glamorous all the time it was a little bit lonely to be honest because I was traveling by myself a lot um really most of the year I was looking at a road um and and driving a car but the places that I that I was going were just absolutely incredible. I think my favorite part was going into the schools. I, we, mm. uh, the Miss America organization and Miss Mississippi has a partnership with the Mississippi Academy of Family Physicians. And so there's a little um, presentation that I would give. And I think I went to 20 different schools and gave those presentations. So getting to meet kids from all around the state, from all different walks of life and being able to just encourage them and let them know that they're never too young to make a difference and they're never too young to set their minds to something and just encouraging them to to have those goals and to pursue it 110% because that's what I did and letting them know that it got me here and you have no idea where that's going to lead you. Um, and the people that I got to meet at, at the different organizations that I spoke at, the different places that I, that I sang at, just getting to meet people from all around the entire state made all of those long hours in the car. Those moments where I was a little bit lonely and, or maybe one day where I wasn't having a good day where my fake eyelashes were falling off or my <laughs> hair didn't look right. Um, all of that made it worth it. And I'll never forget that experience. I'm sure that was really rewarding, especially working with 
kids. Um, I remember I was working in a school and Miss America one year came and to visit the school and the kids were just so excited because it's like they're meeting a real life princess. Um, yeah, absolutely. They they do think that they I would get all kinds of questions like, do you live in a castle? And oh, my gosh. About other Disney princesses like, oh, do you know Belle? And of course, I'm like, yeah, we're like best friends. Um, <laughs> their faces light up when you walk in is just so rewarding and something that like I'm I anytime I was having a hard day like I would just think about those faces and those smiles and were you a a student at University of Alabama while you were doing this so I actually graduated from Alabama just two months before I was crowned Miss Mississippi and had graduated with my bachelor's in communication studies and had made plans to go to grad school I was enrolled Miss America had paid for it like I was ready to get my master's and then ended up winning and had to take a year off. And then quickly after that, I got a call from The Voice and never went back. Um, but I had graduated a couple of months before my year. And it's a full-time job being Miss Mississippi. Mm. I was under contract with the Miss Mississippi Corporation and I was paid by the organization to serve as their spokesperson for a year. That was my whole life for a year. And wow. I wouldn't have it either way. It was cool. That's really cool. That sounds like a very incredibly demanding job. And it probably prepared you somewhat for for where you are right now with with the voice. Um, what did you study at at University of Alabama? So I got my major in communication studies and I minored in religious studies. I wanted to have something to fall back on if music didn't work out. Um, and I, I really have a passion for speaking and journalism. So if for some reason music doesn't work out, you might see me on your TV being a news anchor or a journalist or something like that. But it looks like music is going to end think up. It's, I think it's working out for you. Just fine. <laughs> but I wanted to have something to fall back on. And just um, I really have a passion for research and writing. And that's, and that's something that I got to do a lot at Alabama. And the art communications department is just insane. I learned so much and it was just like a sponge my entire time that I was there just soaking in and all the knowledge that I could and just growing. And I really, really enjoyed my time there. I miss it a little bit. I want to go back soon, maybe sing there or something, maybe do the national anthem at a, a football game. Alabama, if you're listening, you can, you can just call me. <laughs> um, please call yeah. Holly. <laughs> yeah, please call me so I can do the national anthem at a football game. That would be so fun. But yeah, Alabama was a great experience for me. Were you taking music classes there as well? You know, I wasn't. I toured the music department um, and met with the, the director. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you, Holly. I I don't think you're going to be happy doing what we do in our music department because it's classical and um, based around theater. And while I, I love that and love Broadway and have a passion for that as well, it wasn't my ultimate passion. It wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so I thought, well, where, where's an area that I can grow and something that can benefit me um, beyond my time here? And that was communications. I learned, I had a, I have a backup plan now, but I also learned about marketing and what it means to walk into a record label company and you know, convincing them to sign me, branding. I learned about all of those things. And so I think that was definitely the right major for me. A lot of people are shocked when I tell them that I didn't major in music, but I definitely sang on the side. I was involved in a church heavily there and sang there. And then also while preparing for Miss Mississippi and competing, had talent practice for that as well. So I was definitely still singing and still involved in music, but I was trying to just learn everything that I could. 
Well, as the the judges on The Voice commented as well, your voice is incredibly, your your range is incredible. Your voice is beautiful. I mean, it's it seems like you are. I I don't know. Are you self taught? Did you have classes as well, or is this you know? Your yeah. did you have voice lessons as a kid? I didn't start taking voice lessons until I was 10. And the first person that I worked with was Bob Westbrook. And then I started working with Winona Costello after that. Um, and she's still my voice teacher to this day. But I think people sometimes people think that voice lessons teach you how to sing. And it's not really about that. It's about teaching proper techniques to make sure that you're taking care of your vocal cords. So I learned a lot about technique, um, breathing exercises, learning the importance of warming up. You should never go out and sing cold. You should always take about 30 minutes to take some time to warm up your vocal cords because your vocal cords, it's a muscle. And so you have to take care of it. And so that's really what voice lessons are for is just to make sure that you're doing all the proper techniques to ensure that you're taking care of yourself and making sure that as you continue to grow and as your voice continues to develop, that it's in the best shape possible so that it can do that. So when it's done developing, it's at the best that it can possibly be. It almost sounds like a, a coach of a sports team, like, or a yeah. physical, you know, a physical therapist, but for your voice. Yeah. It's um, almost exactly like that. Actually, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. Well, I do want to talk about the voice now because it's, it seems like we're there. Um, did you have to audition or how did you get that initial call from the voice that you talked about? So I did some research and looked for the casting website and I created an account. Um, and I actually did, did that a few months before I even submitted a video. My plan was after Miss America to do it, but I wanted to focus on Miss America first. And so I actually found out that the open calls for season 22, the last one was the day that I left for Miss America. Oh my and goodness. So I had made all the plans to sign up for an open call afterwards for season 23, but I noticed that the link for video submissions was still open. And so I talked to my mom about it and she was like, I mean, why not? Like it's open. You might as well record a video and just turn it in and just see what happens. You have nothing to lose. I was like, you're right. I didn't think that anybody was going to see it. I was, it was so casual. It was just me in my house, like in front of my stairs with my laptop being like, Hey, I'm Holly. And this is my audition for the voice. Hope you like it. Turned it in. And I, that happened last February. Didn't think anybody was going to see it. Well, then I got an email in May. So months after I forgot about it, to be honest. <laughs> Um, got an email from a from a producer. It's like, hey, we want you to send us some more songs. Do you mind? And I was like, not at all. So again, got my phone out, sent in some more songs, did an interview. And then the week after I gave up my Miss Mississippi crown, I got the phone call that I was being offered a blind audition. So I feel like I stepped off of the Miss Mississippi stage and right onto the voice stage. So I did not have a break. I went from one thing to the next, but I wouldn't oh have goodness. it way. I, I consider myself to be a very like busy person. I thrive off of that. So I, I loved it. And so I immediately started preparing and thinking about that. And it was so hard not to tell people because everybody yeah. would ask, oh, like, what are you doing now that Miss Mississippi is over? Like, what's next for you? And I would have to just, oh, you know, just pursuing music, maybe moving to Nashville one day. I don't know. It was such a hard secret to keep. And I'm glad that I don't have to keep the secret anymore. But yeah, it was just a crazy thing that I 
was not expecting to happen, but it's definitely something that I feel like the Lord just kind of ordained that for me and kind of just ordained my steps. So I'm really thankful for that. I mean, the timing could not have been more perfect. It sounds like, um, just out of curiosity, what song did you choose for your initial, uh, audition tape? I sang Girl Crush by Little Big Town and then the Carrie Underwood version of I Told You So. So two of my favorite songs. Hi, I'm Lauren Rhodes. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The Arts Hour is a co-production of the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB Think Radio. You can also listen to the show on Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Lauren Rhodes with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I am talking with artist and the voice contestant, Holly Brand. So before the break, Holly, we were talking about... um, the, the songs you sent on your audition tape and you got a call back um, saying that you were invited to do a blind audition on The Voice. What happened after that? So after I got the call, I this funny story, I actually missed the call. My phone was on silent and it was, I was <laughs> in another room. So like, of course I would miss the call. And I go back and I had a voicemail and I completely freaked out. I was like, oh my God, I did not just miss that. But I did. Um, they called me back like 30 minutes later and it was fine. Um, but I, I really just couldn't believe it. I was in sh- such shock because, you know, I, I watched The Voice a lot and watched shows like American Idol and had like dreamed of the day that it would finally be my turn. And so to, ha- to have that phone call, it's really hard to put into words. But after that, I just started preparing to, to the best of my ability. I had a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of meetings, just learning about the process. Um, and I can't share too much about it, but it's it's a really cool process to be a part of. And everybody that's involved with The Voice is just so amazing to work with, very positive. It's a very um, uplifting and encouraging environment to be a part of. But I started looking at song choices and just kind of thinking about what I wanted to bring to my blind audition and how I wanted to make it, you know, what the best song that would truly represent me and who I am as a person and as an artist. So I just kind of hit the ground running as soon as I got that phone call. And was it filmed? um, Did you have to go to LA or how, like, yeah, where, where'd you go to film it? Yeah, I got to fly to LA to film my audition and I have not been to LA in years. And so it was really cool to see it again. I definitely, I'm not going to lie. I felt pretty cool that I was in LA filming for a television show. Oh I yeah. I couldn't tell anybody, but internally I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and you brought your mom with you, right? And did you bring any other family with you? Yeah, I brought my mom and I brought one of my best friends, Lexi. Lexi has Lexi competed in Miss Mississippi with me and she's probably my oldest friend because there's pictures of us in diapers in my house. We grew up together. I've always known Lexi and 
I, it's it's kind of unusual to have a friend for that long and to stay that close to friends with somebody for pretty much your entire life. And that's been Lexi for me. So I, of course, had to bring her out there with me. Her reaction was so sweet to me. I told them when we watched it, I said, Lexi, I love how graceful your reaction was. Like, you you know, you did the hand over the heart thing, you know, wiped the tears so gracefully. And then I was like, and then mom, you know, you totally forgot that you were on TV for a moment. <laughs> I just loved the difference in their reactions. And it was really, really sweet. So I couldn't have imagined um, any anybody better to, to bring with me for my blind audition. I'm sure your mom was just freaking out. I oh, mean, yeah. Was, yeah, I think she was more nervous than I was. I, I, I felt the day of, I felt cool. I was ready. I had been practicing. Like, of course I was nervous, but I knew that I'd prepared for this and that preparation really goes a long way in kind of helping your confidence um, in that moment. And, but yeah, she was way more nervous than I was. And they didn't tell me that beforehand, of course, but afterwards when everything was all said and done, yeah, she was like, well, yeah, I was freaking out. I, I could not eat. I could not sleep. Like I was just completely freaking out. And like, you were fine. And I was like, well, you know, you, you gotta do what you gotta do to get out there and to give the best performance that you can. Cause you never know what, how, how that moment could alter your career. So it's important. Yeah. Well, how long did you have to prepare from the time that you found out you were going to the time you actually performed? I had, a, I had a few weeks of preparation for sure, figuring out arrangement, um, what key I wanted to do the song in and what I wanted to bring to it vocally. I didn't want to change the arrangement because Faith Hill's, ver- I mean, it's perfect like it is, you know, don't mess with perfection, but nobody has done that song on a show before. And so oh, I was like, wow. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, this could be a moment, which I, I get it. You know, if you're not from Mississippi, you're probably not going to sing Mississippi Girl. So I recognize just the the craziness of that moment of being a country artist, a female country artist from Mississippi singing that song, the impact that that, that, that could have on people um, back home and just all over around the nation listening. And so I really spent a lot of time focusing on like, how do I want to make it me? And so I added just a couple of little different things vocally, but really just thought that the song was perfect at the way that it was and wanted to do Faith Hill justice. So I, I hope that I made her proud. Do you have you heard from her or anyone associated with her if she's heard it? I have not. I hope that maybe she'll see it on you know, TikTok or somewhere and will tweet me. Um, I would love to meet her one day. I haven't ever met her, but I've been watching her my whole life. So hopefully, fingers crossed, she'll see it. That would be really cool to hear from her. <laughs> that would be so cool. Well, I have to say it was a brilliant choice just because, you know, you're from Mississippi. It told the audience immediately who you were. You were able to communicate that. Um, and for those folks who aren't familiar with the voice I mean millions of people watch it around the country around the around the world um what's the setup like can you just talk us through the the judges and what the blind audition looks like yeah so the coaches are not that far away from you actually and on tv they look like they're light years away from the stage or at least that's how it looked to me when I was watching it and then to be there on the stage they are very 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 close to you which is intimidating when they turn around because like they're right there um I could not look at them as I was singing because I knew that I would get distracted and so I really just had to rely on like my peripheral vision to know 
what was going on, but the audience there is super fun. They were like the best hype people ever. And the band was just absolutely incredible to work with. Just great, professional, talented musicians. Um, but yeah, the before you sing is was like just the longest time it felt like because you're standing behind the doors and you'll hear the person go like, you know, 90 seconds, 60 seconds. Already said like that whole countdown, it was just like, oh, just let me get on the stage already. And then the doors just open. And like there it is, you're seeing the stage, you can see the coaches' chairs, and you just have to walk up there and go for it. But as soon as the music started, as soon as I heard that first note, I kind of got in the zone and I was ready. Okay. And I've been calling them judges, but they're actually coaches. Yeah. So you have because <laughs> they're not really judging. They're you're you're competing to have one of the coaches pick you as kind of like their mentee basically right yeah they they coach you and help you not just through the process on the show but also after the show kelly um is just a dream to work with and really does help her artists after the show and helps promote them so yeah it's like a mentor situation and i'm really really lucky and fortunate to say that i get to work with like the icon that is kelly clarkson yes i mean just as a vocalist, she's, on, I mean, amazing. Everybody knows that. But just as a human, like what you see on TV is just how she is in person. She is hilarious and is. so down to earth. Like when you talk to her, you forget that you're talking to a celebrity because of just how real and like normal she is. She's so relatable and just so fun to be around. Well, and it was very cool that three of the four coaches turned around, which means that they were basically competing over you to be your coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chance the Rapper, uh, Niall Horan, and Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton didn't turn around, which I'm personally very angry with him. <laughs> uh, but how did you know that you wanted to, you know, because you had to choose between the three and it seemed like it was a split second decision had you already thought that out beforehand, who you would want to work with? Yeah, it's definitely something that you have to think about beforehand, because in the moment, like, they're all great options. Like, you cannot go wrong with any of them. And in the moment, it's easy to get caught up and be like, oh, ooh, maybe I should go with this person. But you really have to think about that beforehand to ensure that your emotions of that moment don't take over. And I had always said that if I was to ever make it on the show, that I would be on Team Blake or Team Kelly. And I was secretly hoping that they wouldn't both turn around Mm. because I have no idea what I would have done in that moment. But I think I knew, I always knew that Kelly would be a good fit for me if I was to ever make it on the show. Of course, Blake being the country coach and the cowboy and me being a country artist. I mean, in my experience with him, that would have been cool, but I really did not want both of them to turn around. So I'm glad that I did not have to face that in the moment. But when Kelly turned as early as she did, it made me feel comfortable. And she always, I always just felt like, I guess, seen by her and like supported by her in that moment, even though we hadn't even worked together yet. I think it was just the vibe that we had Mm -hmm. going on between us. And then she was talking about, you know, Faith Hill and Carrie Underwood. And it was song choice for me too, that's really the era of country that I feel like I shine at. That's like my era, like the early 2000s, late 90s kind of country. And she recognized that immediately. And she's from Texas. So she's a Southern girl at heart. Um, and so I just knew that 
she was just the best coach for me. Well, and she turned like as soon as you started singing, which I think is yeah incredible. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was not expecting that. Um, if anybody was to turn, I was not expecting them to turn that fast, like right in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's like, she heard something in me from the get go. And that's really important. in a coach is somebody that really believes in you and kind of, you know, builds you up. And that's what Kelly does. So when you were singing, you, you weren't looking at them, but you could basically tell when like you can hear the the chair moving. Did you hear like the screams too from, from your, the audience and from your mom and friend? So I couldn't, I couldn't see my mom and my friend um, when I was singing. I could okay. see them when I was about, when Blake asked me who I was going to pick as my coach, I did look to them and see like what their opinion was. Cause in the moment, it's the thing in the moment I was kind of like, Oh, who do I go with? Even though I had thought about it beforehand. So I, I, that's what I had to rely on because in the moment it was hard because they're all so amazing. Um, but yeah, I really just, I, the audience is really kind of like clapping the entire time and like kind of there for you from the get go. And so I really had to rely on um, really the lights of the, like when, you know, when the chairs turn, the, the chair lights up and the little mm. I want you at the bottom um, turns on. And so th- that's what I was looking at. And to see Kelly's name, like that's what I was relying on is what I could see because I was really focusing on the band behind me and making sure that I could hear myself. So I had to rely on my vision in that moment. Um, there's, there's a lot going on in your ears. And I bet all of your pageant experience was extremely helpful just to kind of like cut down on distraction and just focus on, you know, what you had to do. Absolutely. I would not have been able to do this without my experience in pageants and um, with Miss America from the interviews to even now handling the media afterwards, just being on stage and being able to calm my nerves down and know how to handle them and just being confident in who I am and and what I'm going to bring to the table. I, I would not have been able to do that without pageants. So I'm really glad that I waited to audition until I knew that I was ready. Um, cause I could not have done this a few years ago. This is the perfect timing for me. So what can we expect next from you on on the voice are you allowed to say um I guess maybe what's the next phase of the competition going to be like so do the, the challenges next- like change each each time yeah so this season there's some some new exciting twists that we're putting on the show and so you'll have to tune in to see what those are but the next round is the battles and I'm very excited because battles are cool. So basically there's 10 people per team or 10 artists per team and Kelly pairs two people. So there's going to be five battle pairings per team and she picks a song for us. We sing it. And then she declares who the winner of the battle is. And um, the person who isn't declared the winner either is going to be eliminated or they're going to be stolen by another coach, but each coach only has one steal. So they have to be very strategic with who they steal, when they use that steal. And those begin to air on March 27th. I don't know which episode I'm going to be on. So you'll just have to watch all of them. And you're not going to want to miss it because <laughs> this year is insane. I love being able to, to watch it back and to listen to all of my friends because I didn't get to see anybody else's performances, but I was hanging out with these people a lot. So it's cool to see them in their element and to, just to hear how 
talented this season is. That's what I was wondering is if you met the other contestants. So you guys did end up getting to kind of hang out and meet each other. Oh, yeah. We spent a lot of time with each other. And I'm just really grateful that that this cast is just we're all best friends. Like we're not competitive. I'm not viewing this as a competition, but everyone is just so encouraging like we're building people up before they go on stage and hopping them up and then when they get off telling them how great they did and um just really we're we're all there for each other we recognize that this is a unique exclusive moment that not a lot of people get to have and so it's a, a great really great bonding experience for sure that's cool um, well, regardless of whether or not you win the voice to be to be seen, I'm very excited to watch. Um, what is next for you and what what's your next goal? I would love to move to Nashville, hopefully soon. The, really, the goal is to get a record deal. So hopefully I can get a record deal and get some music out there. But I would love to live in Nashville ultimately. But I also know that, you know, you don't have to live in Nashville to be a successful musician. I mean, Kelly Clarkson lived in Montana for a while. I know that Blake still lives in Oklahoma. So I might be staying in Mississippi and just traveling a bunch, which I'm totally fine with, too. So it's really just going to depend on how the show works out, what opportunities I get. And of course, ultimately like the Lord's plan for my life. And I'm really relying on that right now, my fate to kind of kind of direct my steps. But a lot of things are up in the air right now. But I think that's exciting because you don't know what your next step is going to be. That's very exciting. And if, if folks want to follow you or learn more about your work, where can they find you? So I am on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram under Miss Holly Brand, and I'm in the process of creating a Facebook page for my music, so that should be under just Holly Brand. I also have a fan page, a little group on Facebook that you can join, which is Holly Brand-The Voice-Fan Page, so please go join that for all the voice updates, and those are the only social media platforms that I'm on, so if you see something anywhere else that isn't under that username or isn't on that platform, please report it because it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Holly. I can't wait to follow along with your journey. Thank you everyone for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Remember to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour, a co-production of MPB Think Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org.